the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Red Wings defeated the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1 this past Tuesday. Lucas Raymond scored his first career National Hockey League goal just over six minutes into the third period. Roughly two and a half minutes later, Tyler Bertuzzi lit the lamp to give the Red Wings a 2-0 advantage. Detroit was protecting a one-goal lead before they added a pair of empty net goals in the final one minute and 14 seconds of regulation, the first of which was scored by Vladislav Nomestikov, and the other came off the stick of Adam Earn. Thomas Grice was strong between the pipes with 22 saves, while Danny DeKaiser, Philip Hronik, and Moritz Seider each registered a plus-two plus-minus rating. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And yes, I'm back, Pastor Richard Dietering here. Um, Derek, has the uh, Red Wings, they've gotten at least a point in every game, right? That they've played so far? Nope, they lost their last game to Calgary this past Thursday. Oh, I didn't see that game. So go ahead. Thank you for ruining my day. I can now just sit here and be depressed the rest of the show. Folks, it's not going to be a happy show anymore because blame it on Derek. He brought the bad news. That's why we don't take him to parties. (laughs) You can't win all the games. Okay, let's make it better. Is there any curling news that can brighten my day? I don't have anything really to report on right now. I haven't not been following curling lately so about all i know that it's it's going to be playing in february at the winter olympics so here we go he breaks my heart over the detroit red wings um and and no curling that's the trifecta of bad news but i think stone cold sports is going to do a whole half hour on curling soon hey derek (laughs) i don't know that that's pretty tough for me I, i i'm a I'm not even a novice when it comes to curling. I, I'm way below novice. I, I watch it from time to time, but I, I don't know enough about it to really give a, a great expert analysis. All right. I'll let you get back to your board and not say a word <laughs> the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that, that other voice you heard is, me. is my co-host, Ed. Ed, how are you doing? I'm fine. It's never stopped me talking about something I know nothing about. Me neither, you know, but uh, he's he's breaking my heart, you know, it's it's bad news. Hey, at the bottom of the hour, I have to give a congratulations. I I can't do it now because he's getting his haircut. He picked this time of the day to get his haircut. Um, And I was going to congratulate him. He went through a very, he he, he had a great accomplishment. So folks, you'll have to hear who I'm talking about and you don't know who he is anyways. But that congratulations (laughs) is coming at the bottom of the hour. (laughs) The suspense is killing me. Yeah, it should be because you know him, Ed. You know him, oh. so um, uh, no one else knows him. Well, his wife knows him, I think. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> so, uh, she should. She should know him. Um, great show last 
Well, well, at least the yeah, last last half of it was really good. Um, I like I like the best jokes. Yeah, it's one way I can get you to listen to my show. It's actually ask well, you to be on it. I'll tell you, I I was out doing honeydew stuff with my wife. You know how that goes. And uh, hey, may I? Just, I? Yeah, folks, these shows, the really good ones too, can be all heard on podcast if you go to Wham Radio. Dot com. If you missed my show, missed Abolitionist uh, Abolitionist Roundtable this morning. If uh, you know, if you missed portion of this show, then you can always come back and listen to them. Go to WhamRadio.com. Go to the podcast tab on their website, and you see a list of the shows, including, of course, the other shows like Dick Cupkey's. It's always worth listening to. You know, I like Dick. Uh, he sent me he sent me a um, a great video of of groundhogs curling. And uh, if you haven't seen it, you got to look it up. It's yes, groundhogs are curling. They get the stone, they slide it down, then they jump on top of the curling stone and go down the ice, spinning in circles. Forward it to me. I will. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, got that from Dick Kupke. It's one. Uh, you know, he appreciates my love for curling. And uh, yeah, um, government overreach. Is it a thing? I think so. <laughs> I, I actually, I. <laughs> I was actually sitting in in um, a place that I shouldn't have been because it's nowhere on my diet. I was in IHOP, <laughs> so oh my. Yeah. where we served breakfast Not, as where we served dessert for breakfast. Yeah. Breakfast, yeah. Uh, you know, well, I, I spent this last week off my diet, so I'm going everywhere where I'm not supposed to. And there's this family sitting next to me, not even social distancing, and they were and they were obviously um, liberals, and they were talking about. Why they don't understand why conservatives have something have anything against socialism is how great it is, and, wow. and I'm listening to this conversation, and it's the kids that going to school educating their parents, and the parents are eating it up, and I'm saying I can't believe this, and I finally I I said you kids go to public school, don't you? Said, yeah, we do. I said I can tell um, because what you are willing to do is give away all your freedoms for something free. And uh, and you don't want to be treated equally. And I, and I said, and by the way, you are going to be in the cast that is going to be rejected and dejected because they were both young white males. So they're going to grow up and be be part of the problem, even though they're, mm -hmm. they're spouting all this stuff. And uh, the government has, uh, folks, you need to understand we live in a socialist country. Do not think differently. We live in a socialist country. And we're just going to get worse and worse and worse unless we actually stand against the socialism. And part of that will be the mandates and everything else. That's all part of the same same conspiracy. And, and those who listen to my show know I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But I'm telling you, they are pulling us deeper and deeper and deeper into socialism. I did find this song. I want to play it. I, I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And... Um, any anything that brings into memory to you of uh, Gene Wilder or Sammy Davis Jr. is just coincidental. Listen to the words because they aren't what you think they are when you first start hearing it. If we can hear this piece of music called "The Government Can." Hey, everybody! Gather around. I'm here to give you anything you like. You want free college, energy, mortgages, <laughs> whatever you like. You have come to the right place. Why? I'll tell you why. 
take your money. Some other guy, the government. The government. The government can. The government can. And who can tax the sunrise? Who can tax the sunrise? Who can tax the trees? Who can tax the trees? Let you run a business and collect up all the fees. The government. And who can give a bailout? Who can give a bailout? Tell us to behave. Tell us to behave. And make the founding fathers roll over in the grave. The government. The government. Oh, the government can. The government can. And the government can comes and mix it up. Well, as I make it all taste good. Because the government says I should. <laughs> no, they're not even saying I should. They're saying I must. Yeah. Um, that that song is so perfect. You know. Yeah. It, it, it spells it you out. Know, you know, Karl Marx said that religion is the opium uh, opiate of the society. No, it's socialism. They give you a little taste, and then they give you a little more and a little more, and before you know it, you're addicted to socialism. And mm -hmm. you're willing to throw everything out the window for socialism. Everything out the window. You're willing to throw your freedom. You're willing to throw your religion. You're willing to put your faith. You're willing to put your family out. Everything you're willing to throw away for, for socialism, for, for this mess that the government is saying that we should enjoy. Mm -hmm. Everything comes with a price tag. If you take something from them, they can require something from you. There's no such thing as a free lunch. They offer free medical health care, then they can demand how you eat because they've got to pay for your care. They can right. demand what you smoke, what you drink, and it just goes to they can they can demand what you put in your arm because hey, they're just trying to protect you like you told them you wanted them to. Yeah, and and they'll keep open restaurants that uh, support their socialist agenda. But if they don't, no matter how good the food is, and if it's real food, if you don't support their socialist agenda, they'll they'll shut you down. That's where we're you know, heading, folks. 
Something I want to mention on, on my show, I hope you don't mind, it's along these lines. That we can both agree that Canada is a socialist country, right? Yeah, I grew up there. I can tell you firsthand, it's a socialist country. Big news. They're polite about it, but they're socialist. And Pastor Arthur Pulowski, who we had on my show, and you've, I think you've talked to him with me also. Yes. He, uh, he went back to Canada, and the judge just ordered this week that when he speaks, he can exercise his free speech. He can say whatever he wants to say, as long as he also adds, quote, I am also aware that the views I am expressing to you on this occasion may not be the views held by the majority of blah, 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 blah. While I may disagree with them, I am obliged to inform you, obliged because it's part of his sentence from the government. In other words, you talk about free speech, free speech to say what we want you to say. You say what you want as long as you actually agree with us. Yeah, and then you have to give a disclaimer like you're on a radio show with sponsors. Hey, right, exactly. I have free speech given to me by Canada as long as you understand everything I say may not correspond with what our government has to say. Mm hmm Yep. Well, he so needs to carry around that recorder, recording of that disclaimer, and then every time he speaks, and then just hit the button and play that disclaimer. You know? And so, so we're talking about government overreach. We're talking about government overreach, so we got Joe on the line, so I guess we're going to talk about gardening now or something. Hey, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that time of year, and you got to bring your plants in, uh, or the frost will get them. But seriously, See, I told you. I'm glad you played the, uh, the parody tune you did, and Ed had a great piece, and perhaps you could play it again on your show about, it's only this, then it's only that, it's only another thing. Just. It's just to the whole incrementalism that got us where we are today. They say A, you allow A, they then move on to B. Then you knuckle as under and you allow say, B, Joe, then they move on to C. One of my favorite tunes is the Marx Brothers, I'm Against It, from Horse Feathers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look that up on YouTube if you have Oh, uh, well, well, maybe we can have Derek find that. But I just yeah, want to say, the, I mean, if the, we had more legislatures whose default position was no, convince me how this is constitutional in the first place for me to even consider it, we wouldn't be where we are. And, and Groucho goes on, whatever it is, whoever uh, created it and commenced it, I'm against it. That's got to be our default. No, 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 no. Convince me otherwise how you have that authority. Uh, now, just a comment on when you say, when they say A, um, that automatically tells you that they're socialists because they're Canadian. <laughs> a? All right. <laughs> and uh, I guess we should end on that comedic note. All right, love you, brother. I think Take we should, care, because yeah, I didn't want to go through the whole B thing. Pull it up. And then, again, what Edge had on his show would be worth playing again, too, in case people missed it. It covers very well the point of incrementalism, and it's our fault for having allowed it. You're absolutely right. It is our fault. And we keep electing people that are going to swing us further and further. And even when we think we're electing someone that's going to do something good, they get into office and then they're pulled into the swamp. And then they start like living like they belong in that swamp. And we just keep moving more and more into socialism. And it's the whole boiled frog thing. Folks, they're just boiling us slowly. And it's not even slowly anymore. 
They've just turned <laughs> up the heat full blast on us. Yeah, and that might be a good thing. That may be a good thing. It may drive some people out of the pot. I'm hoping that. I'm hoping so, too, because um, the the government is no longer our friend. We used to say government, the, the, the American government is the greatest in the world. The, it's a great experiment that's going on. It, it's wonderful. Take a look. We 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 have a president that, that says, hey, just just calm down, brother, or whatever his terms are. You know, it's. Uh, hey, you ready? Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay, that's Marcel Marshall. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Amen. St. Ronald. Yeah. You know, he, he had it right. Yeah. And, and yeah. now we just want the government to provide us everything like, like we deserve it, like we are owed it. The government has all this money. Folks, the government doesn't have all this money. They take it from us. But it'll cost nothing. It, it costs nothing. We were told that repeatedly. It costs nothing. Well, it's That's budget neutral. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about it. It's budget neutral. Right. So it's free. <laughs> no, it's not free. Folks, wake up. When, when when they tell us that we are getting our third our third uh check, understand you're going hip hip hooray. No, don't go hip hip hooray. They have stolen that money. You are receiving yes. stolen goods. What are you gonna do with it? You can't give it back. By the way, you can't give it back, but they'll take it in the richer man's taxes because well, he can afford it. Well, that rich man is now middle class because he, he worked hard to become rich and now the government says you can't be that. We all want to take down we, we all want to take down the, the rich corporations, the rich people, until we understand that um, hey, that means that you will never be able to get that way. And that's one of the questions I asked the kids at IHOP. I said, Listen, do you want to be rich one day? Yeah, I do. Would you like to be really rich? Oh yeah, I would love to be really rich. Would you like to go through and earn a lot of money and be able to do nice things for your mom and dad and for your kids. Yeah, I would love that. I said, well, as soon as you get that money, the government's going to take it all away because of you. What do you yes. mean? Because of you and your attitude on socialism, understand you can never achieve what you just said you wanted to achieve. You can't. The government will take it away from you just when you're on your way. Well, that's not fair. That's exactly <laughs> why you sat there and said you needed, you want it to happen. You know? What the, the parents do? The, the parent, the parents says, but we got We got to make sure everybody in the everybody in society is equal. I says, no, we have to make sure everybody in society is treated equal. What you want is you want inequality, but everyone treated unequally, hoping for an equal outcome, and that can't happen. Let's just treat everyone equal, knowing that there's going to be unequal outcomes, as long as we yeah. treat them equal. And uh, I'm not going to make some drunk. Wasted bum on on uh, on Skid Row make him equal to somebody who's work. I mean, equitable with somebody who's worked their butt off to get where they're going. There's no fairness in that. That's the ant and the uh, grasshopper, right? Which is that the one? The ant and the grasshopper? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's shocking on what we are allowing our kids to be taught in school. Uh, we had, you know, we, we've had Ilona uh, on our phone 
on our radio show a number of times. And she's going out and she is speaking against the system the way it is. And she is recommending homeschooling. And it's driving the school systems nuts that people are actually out there talking about homeschooling now. Because even though, yeah, they, they get to keep some of the transportation money and everything else, they're still losing a lot of money by sending the kids to um, homeschooling or to the charter schools. And uh, I, I'm going to say this. I, I really am going to say this. I think we need to put the public school systems in such a disarray that they they crumble and go away. We need to do away with the public si school system the way it is today. It mm -hmm. needs to go away. It is broken yeah. and is not working. You know what? If, if these families that have eight or nine kids and getting all this help from the government, fine. Pay them the money that you pay the schools to educate your kids. Pay them if they homeschool their kids. <laughs> right? Yeah. That, that yeah. amount of money. And you yep. know what? Now they're 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 paid teachers to do a good job to educate their kids at home, and uh, yeah. they'll get paid for it. You see what I'm saying? They got a piece of they got a piece of skin in the in the game. They got yep. skin in the game. They have to teach their kids. They have to teach them well, and they can do it at home. Let's let's break the public school system. It's broken. It needs to go away. It needs to crumble. It needs to. It's already crumbling within the inside. We just need to let it continue. That, that's my opinion. And I know there's people out there that disagree because, oh, we have no other choice. Yes, you do. You've not, you've got homeschooling. And if you hit me with, well, I've got to work. You know, there are families that get together and coalesce mm -hmm. and pool the resources. Together. And they, yep. they, they take their resources and pool them so they can homeschool at home. So I don't want to hear, well, I got to work. Yeah. So, so do I. But, you know, my kids graduated and I'm still paying public school taxes, even though I don't have anybody in that system. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it, it's you got you got kids. You need to educate them. Pool your homeschooling together. Start making schooling more local again. And that's what homeschooling would do. That's what communities used to do. The little 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 house on the prairie. You had the little the little school mm -hmm. and they'd pull together and make sure the kids got there and the school. Parents would all pool in and make sure the kids were being educated and they're bringing the school marm and all that stuff. Hey, let's make education more local. Let's bring it back to this to the communities. And if they didn't like what the schools, school teacher was doing, she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's hard to hear something in one school or one teacher. <laughs> so just say you want to hear a grouse show going out? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, never mind. How do you make an advertisement first? Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Maybe next uh, next hour we'll get we'll yeah. get Derek to bring it up because he may not be able to give me good news, but he can operate that board. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him that. He's he's a good producer. I, I should. And so much. Nope. Sorry. Just stop. I don't want to listen to somebody else's commercial, folks. If you want to advertise on this show, please give Wham a call <laughs> and advertise on the show. Do not allow Ed to play free commercials on my show ever again. We want you to pay for them because we can stay online. And we'll talk about that a little bit. I'm going to be starting a new a new uh, project and reaching out to people who want to do vlogs because they feel they have something to say. And I'm not going to just take anyone. I'm going to take people who literally have something to say. I'm going to audition them before I take them on as a client. But uh, we'll get into that uh, next hour. Sounds like something that could be interesting, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Trying to get people to say, yeah, what, 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 what? But... <laughs>
Um, hey, I wanted to thank you, Ed, real quick before we go to break. I know we got a few minutes. A few, no, we don't have a whole lot. You are, you are offering to take me out to do some video work on Bell Isle this past week. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you for offering. But my wife had the whole honeydew thing going on. So is the music playing? Not yet, I don't think. No, uh, my clock is wrong. It Boy. makes no difference anyway, whatever it is. I'm against it. Save that for next next yeah. break. We'll have Derek play it. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. Basketball Hall of Famer and former Detroit Pistons point guard Isaiah Thomas was named to the National Basketball Association's 75th anniversary team this past Wednesday. Thomas ranks ninth all-time in NBA regular season history with 9,061 assists and 17th with 1,861 steals. He was named All-NBA First Team three times and All-NBA Second Team twice in addition to being named an All-Star 12 times. The Basketball Hall of Famer won an NBA championship ring in 1989 and another one in 1990 when he was named the NBA Finals Most Valuable Player after averaging better than 27 points and 7 assists per game. And I would like to mention a quick note about some fantastic curling news. There were a couple of teams by the name of Homan and Hasselborg who earned victories at the Grand Slam of Curling Masters. Now, here is your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Derek, Derek, you, you you are invited back to my island. All right. You redeemed yourself. You found something of importance to say. <laughs> Curling in it. Hey, Detroit Red Wings right now are um, in third place in their division. I like that. Uh, they have five points. The Panthers have eight. They're in first. So they're three, three points behind the Panthers. Um so and it's early in the season, so they have more time to really screw it up. But I I hope they don't. Um, they got a lot of new young people on the team this year, don't they, Derek? Yeah, they've got a couple of very exciting young players, first year players, and Lucas Raymond, who I mentioned earlier in my moment on sports when about the Red Wings win over Columbus, and a big hulking defenseman in Moritz Sider, who is very physical and who should be a an excellent player for the Detroit Red Wings for, I would think, at least the next 10 to 15 years. It kind of reminds me of a, a Bertuzzi senior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, he's he's or, basic, Yeah, he's basically a power forward who plays defense. That, that That's a very right. good comparison. And you could p- compare him to Zdeno Chara, another fine uh-huh. defenseman, a longtime defenseman in the NHL. See, I like this, that we can talk about things. That way I don't have to talk to Ed, who's sitting there waving his hand manically at me. He's trying to get my attention. All right, I'll talk to Ed. Ed, what do you have to say? 
I think I think Derek should get his own radio show, don't you? Yeah, you know, I heard there's a great spot right before my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more like, you know, 1230s on Sunday afternoons, you know. But, uh, All right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you have a good show. No matter how much it kills me to say it. Hey, you were on it. You deigned to come on it. So. Yeah. So, no, you have to hear Groucho or not? Uh, not yet. Uh, I want to okay. say uh, to my friend out there, Tim. Um, Tim is a is a firefighter. He's a frontline worker. He's a remarkable, uh, remarkable friend. Um, he he works in the belly of the beast, but uh, um, he just finished his fire investigation course. Now, I I mean I don't know what's involved with a fire investigator. I, to me, if there's a flame, there's a fire. Investigation done, right? No, um, no. He he look, goes in and makes sure that uh, um, arsons and stuff like that didn't do it, and figures out who did it and stuff like that. So he gets to be like the Columbo of the firefighters. Boy, there's a time reference, Columbo. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. Well, Col Columbo is timeless, but I'd also like to point out. Speaking of private, de well, Columbo wasn't a private detective, but a friend of mine that I used to go to church with, he was a fire inspector for the uh, city of Ann Arbor. And when he retired, he got his private eye license. And it was very easy to do because he'd already been an inspector, a fire inspector. So, so let's see my, where that goes. Yeah. That my, the, uh, my, so my congratulations goes out to uh, Tim. Good job. That's a lot of hard work. You did it. And I promised him, I promised him uh, a joke that would be appropriate. So you, you heard about the arson who went on the dating site. He found his perfect match. Where, where's my symbol here? Boom, boom. Oh, my goodness. Let it sink in for a bit. Let it sink in. Um, <laughs> he found his perfect match. He's an arsonist. Folks, if I have to explain these jokes to you, it's just sad. Uh, but speaking of... Uh, uh, um, there it is. Uh, let, let's go to Alona. Alona, how you doing? Fine. How's everyone doing? And I did get the joke. <laughs> well, joke? you are his perfect match. Um <laughs> How you doing, Alona? What, what you got for me? Good, I just wanted to real quick make a comment on something that occurred at one of my last speeches that I did. Yes. That's all right? Yes, please. A um, couple weeks ago, I was doing a speech in Okemos, and one of our senators here in Michigan sent two very young interns to listen after I finished, I was collecting my things, and one of the interns came up to me to talk to me. Really big, big boy, um, very tall. And he was giving me praises, and he brought up that our family shared a common background, with his being from Poland and mine from Germany. Then I noticed big tears streaming down his face, um, and he kept apologizing. Um, and he went on to tell me that most of his family were killed during the war in Poland, but a few managed to come here to the United States. Um, but he told me, and, and more tears were streaming, and he kept apologizing. At that, at that point, I, I gave him a big be uh, bear hug. I could barely reach him. He's so tall. <laughs> and he goes on to say that, Although some managed to come to the United States, he was afraid that the U.S. was becoming the very country that he had, his family had escaped from. Um, I, I get a lot of this at my speeches, and I get a lot of parents crying after I, 
I talk about what's going on here, but it's so disheartening. I mean, uh, to see a grown man like that cry because he sees what's happening in our country, it's, it's really disheartening. You know, Ilona, and you're right, you're going to get that a lot because I know a lot of people that came over here from from socialist and communist countries to get away from that, and they are heartbroken at where our country is going. Um, the the owner of a restaurant in Ypsilanti who came over from a communist country, um, uh, he his name is Tony. I was trying not to give away free advertising, but his name is Tony. Um, he... Uh, Remarkable, remarkable how how he is frightened that this country can go into a socialist direction and is going, is going, and he sees it happening. And, um, and what do you do when you, I mean, when you see the attack is happening and it's in full, full blown out effort, the attack is happening on this country and you see it happening and you, you know the outcome of what it will be is something that you have left because it was so cruel, so inhumane, and so an, antithetical to freedom. What do you do when you see it happening and there's nothing you can do to stop it? All you can do is find people that are in common accord and cry with them. That's, that's where it's getting to. <laughs> How do you stop it? Unless, unless you stand up to it. Oh, thank you and fight there is an answer you can sit back and cry with all those that see it happening and feel there's nothing you can do or you can fight um thank you for calling Ilona. i love you i i mean you're dear you know where you are in my heart um let's take a call from another dear friend gary how you doing hey brother rick i'm doing pretty well down here and uh, you're right uh, we have to fight there's no option we must fight have to fight for our future, our, our destiny, our birthright. What I called about, um, <clears throat> I'm quite sure I heard this on Jay Sekulow, but you had your buddies, your little boys, they were talking about getting all that money and buying all the things for their family and everything. That's yeah. not the plan. That's not the plan at all. Uh, they no. have already determined that uh, electricity, water, health, uh, housing is all a human right. So what they're going to do is that, like you said, they're going to take all the money, and only those people who have a social score that's high enough will be allowed to have a little bit of extra cash to go about and, and buy um, novelties or, or food or, or whatever you need. But Car. if they think for one minute, 20 or 30 years from now, if we don't succeed, they're not going to be locked down in a very rigid society that has no freedoms and they have no choices. Everything is already laid out for them, cradle to grave. They're nuts because the um, economic system in our country, this is what the Democrats want to do. They want to take all the five big banks, mold them into one bank, then take that bank and put it into the Fed so that all transactions in America go through the Fed. And if they do that, that means they own everybody. If they had control every penny that goes in and out of everybody's um, accounts, then uh, we're toast. We're no longer a free society at all. Absolutely right, and thank you. And, and he's he's right. We've got to fight. So how do we fight? How do how do we fight this? Um, at this point, we can we can fight it still this way. We can just say no, no more. Just say no. And a matter of fact, it, 
I'm going to borrow from uh, Groucho Marx on this. Uh, why don't we play that? Joe actually recommended we play this. Uh, I'll give him credit that he had a good suggestion. Um, so we'll play it. I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is or who commenced it, I'm against it. Your proposition may be good, but let's have one thing understood. Whatever it is, I'm against it. And even when you've changed it or condensed it, I'm against it. I'm opposed to it. On general principles, I'm opposed to it. For months before my son was born, I used to yell from night till morn, whatever it is, I'm against it. And I've kept yelling since I first commenced it. I'm against it. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. But yeah, hey, we can we can be against it, folks. In this country, we can still stand against it. You don't have to get that shot. I, I watched this video of this wonderful woman uh, in Indiana or Illinois uh, speaking to a school board about the shots and the mandates and everything else. And she went in armed with information and uh, was able to talk about all the all the fallacies uh, of the shot and all the fallacies of the wearing the mask. And she gave the the information from from OSHA and the CDC on, on the mask and how much it works and everything else. And the fact that on kids, it's even worse. And she quoted from this. Then she did her homework to find out that, hey, this, the state was giving that school extra money if they enforced the mask and, and the mask mandate. So if they enforced the mandate, they got more money to the account of $5 million that school district got because they were enforcing the mandate. And she went armed with information. And this is how we start the fight, is with information. And you you don't get your information from just the average Joe on Facebook. Go in there, check out what the CDC has to say about the mask and what they have to say. Look at what OSHA has to say. Before, before this all started, OSHA said not to wear a mask because it cuts down oxygen and is, is a working hazard, by the way. The medical doctors and nurses know that the mask were only used for one thing, and that was in surgery. I want you to notice they didn't wear a mask into the hospital rooms when they went in there with somebody facing the flu, or they didn't wear a mask in the room when they went into a room where a person had a cold or pink eye or anything else. No, they wore a mask during surgery so they wouldn't spit into their patient. That's why they wore the mask. It wasn't to keep from getting anything. It was to keep from spitting into their patient. Masks were not well, a common sure. thing within the room as the doctors were dealing with you, even though you had something contagious. They didn't do it then. Why is it so important now? It all has you get to do with control. Yeah. Like uh, Tom says, you know, the diaper of submission. You know, everybody has to wear it whether you need it or not, even though it causes all the problems you just laid out. So go to your school boards. Arm yourself with information. I want to I want to clear that with information and go into the school boards and speak out and show them where they're wrong and that our kids health cannot be bought with the few extra dollars that they get. Be willing right, to make that up. stand, be willing to take your kids out of that school. 
and, and don't find an alternative. Be relentless about it. Fight in, until the last day. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, this woman was facing the case where she was not allowing her kids to go in there because of the mask. And get this, then then they were saying, well, they just have to wear the mask. They can wear it down by their chin. Where where does this make sense? As long as they're wearing the mask, it doesn't matter, matter if they're wearing it correctly. As long as they're wearing it, we're okay with it, even if it's down around their chin um, to where it's not doing any purpose at all. I, well, even up in the nose, it's not. It's all about the money. It's all about the yep. money. Money that they're and getting where are we from getting us. That money? What's that? Yeah, where are we getting that money? It's fake money. It, it doesn't exist. It's just printed out of thin air. So they can give oh, it to actually, anybody and everybody. It exists. And they're no taking problem. it from those who work. They're taking it from well, us. Not anymore. They're taking it from two or three generations in the future. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, that too. Hey, Gary, it's always a blessing to have you call. Know that I'm always praying for you, and you know that. Thank you, brother. Appreciate and, uh, it. I love you, and you're a dear friend. Thank you for calling. So, Ed, hmm. are you tired of paying for schools extra money so they can enforce mask mandates? I mean, it's I know you don't have kids. Solution. They they need more money. They need more money. When you look at, I was looking at an article not too long ago that talked about how administrative costs have risen. You know, the number of number of students per teacher has increased a little bit, but the number of administrators per teacher has ballooned because these people are just, you know, when you're an administrator, the more people that you have under you, the more money you make, the more little yeah. niches you create in your power struggle, then that's more credit, that's more, oh, look, I manage this many people, therefore I should have this amount of salary if it isn't already set. Yeah, that's how it works. This is not the only place where government is overreaching. That's the problem. They're overreaching in every facet of your life. People wake yeah. up. Understand yeah. they're overreaching in every facet of your life. And speaking of people who affect every facet of my life, if I don't take this call, I, know. I can't say I'm against it because I got to bring her on. It's absolutely, it's mandatory. She, she, my wife is like the greatest woman in the world. If she ever left me, I'd go with her. Uh, hey, Gailene, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, if you, if I ever left you, you'd go with me. You only think I'd let you come with me. <laughs> if you could keep up. <laughs> hey, so, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about masks real quick. Um, and I got two points. And then uh, I know we want Walter to call back, so we've got to leave a little time for him. Um, but first thing, remember early on, in this whole mask mandate thing. Oh, you must social distance. You must wear a mask. But all of these BLM protests and then all of the looting and everything else going on, were any of those people being forced to wear masks? No. Nope. So if they really believed that masks saved people and that masks would prevent the spread of this disease, were they being racist by not making black people wear masks in these riots. So, oh, you know, racist. it's all of this backwards kind of ridiculous thinking. And then the other thing, too, is that I happen to uh, live with somebody who just had a horrible, horrible cold. I also work with people who have had horrible, horrible colds. Now, while I'm at work, 
everybody around me is wearing a mask all day long. If masks worked, would everybody have a cold? And I think the answer is no. Nobody would have a cold because masks worked. So guess what? They don't work. We all know it. Anyway, uh, that's why. That's why uh, I was. I had a Mrs. Show last. I think it was last week. I had that terrible cold. She was talking about me. I had awful cold. Yeah, I had to go down and get tested. My boss said so. There's a trip for you. All right, I had to get tested all over the place, even though I already got tested because everyone was worried that uh, it was more than a cold. You cannot sniffle or cough without panicking. I was afraid I, I had to uh, do the best of last week just because if I talked and I didn't want to cause any computer viruses um, talking <laughs> over Zoom. So um, <laughs> it's a uh, people freak out. Thank you for calling on and uh, always appreciate your calls. But uh, yeah, you, you can't you can't just be sick anymore. You notice that, Ed? You, you cannot have the sniffles. You cannot you cannot have allergies. Oh no 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 no! You don't. Have, you, that is not fall allergies. You're, you got COVID. That's it. COVID. You're 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 trying to kill me, you know. And I don't want to make light of COVID because some people get really sick from this. The solution, though, is not what the government is saying. The solution is, it's not these these jabs. These jabs are killing people. If any other vaccine would kill as many people as this jab has killed, I think that's up to seventy thousand now. They take it off the market. They had they had a vaccine for a flu and it killed seventeen hundred people. All right, and they took it off the market because it killed seventeen hundred people. Why are they not taking these vaccines off that are killing tens of thousands of people? And in, in, in much less time, the flu vaccine killed seventeen hundred over a period of years. This is in a period of ten months, the vaccines have killed seventy thousand people. Why isn't the government freaking out saying, no, you can't do this anymore? It's killing people because it doesn't fit their narrative. I'm against it. Part of the stupidity is that last summer we had jails that were being emptied for fear that the inmates in those crowded conditions might contract COVID and die. You know, poor inmates, we couldn't, we got to let them free. And then the next thing you know, you got riots in the streets and then people are being let loose, you know, being bailed by the lady who, lady, I take it back, by our current vice president being bailed out. And then January 6th, we have the transurrection, uh, trespass erection, you know. And yep. so these people are all sitting in the jails that they emptied. Meanwhile, we've got all these people coming across the, the, the southern border that we know have all kinds of diseases besides besides uh, COVID. They have uh, scabies. They're carrying bed bugs. They've got all kinds of communicable diseases. And there's not like a uh, an effort to inject every one of them that comes across. That would be simple. Just have them go through the gate. You're letting them in. You're putting them on planes. Inject every stinking one of them then. But no, they you won't. Know, you're making a point here because here they are trying to kill us inside. And yet when it comes to the one thing that the government should be doing, which is protecting our borders, they're not protecting our borders. The one place where they should be overreaching to protect is our borders. They're staying away from it. The Senate Republicans, I have to give them credit. They just had a huge hearing. They brought in a lot of people, a lot of witnesses, a lot of experts, and they make the undeniable argument that this is the worst administration for our borders ever. 
Our borders are not protected. Our borders are not closed. Our borders are being uh, being overrun worse than they ever have been. And that's under the Biden administration. Yeah, Ed. You asked what we can do. And I said earlier, this is a spiritual battle. We wrestle, we wrestle not right. against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of the air. And when we go to war, we pray. And thank you. That's where I was going here. And I was going to get there towards the bottom of the, or at the top of the hour, but we're there so we can go there. Pray, folks. Just saying no and being against it is one thing. But understand, we, Brother Ed is right on this, 100%. And uh, I'm not clowning around on this. Go to prayer. Let's go, go to, to prayer. war. Go to yeah. prayer or go to war. Yep. Yeah, it's spiritual warfare. So deal with this spiritually. And again, uh, I would suspect the music is playing. Do you hear music? No? No. Nope. Your thing is off. See? No, mm, your timer's off. Mine is on. Yeah. But, uh, go ahead. All right. But yeah, folks, uh, this is uh, Pastor Richard Dietering and his co-host, Ed Bondarenka. Uh, pray. Pray for our nation. You got time to pray real quick right now during the music. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I pray for this nation. I pray for those who stand against this tyrannical government, Lord. I just pray that you watch over us and that we can come together in prayer and under you as our banner. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You've been listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio. 